Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. just really put on my heart that suspicion is a counterfeit of discernment and many people operate in the church with suspicion and everyone in the world operates in suspicion if you don't have discernment discernment is God supernaturally by his spirit reveals to you what spirits are operating that's what discernment is discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit I encourage everyone to pray for it because we are living in really dangerous days we're living in days when people don't even know you know, if they're male or female sometimes. I mean, we are living in days where the enemy is really up to a lot of deception. Would everybody agree with that? And so we want to have discernment. And the Lord had me ask for discernment, oh my gosh, years. He had me ask for discernment for about three, almost two or three years, all the time. And, and that was like 30 years ago. So I've been praying for discernment, walking in discernment, discerning in the spirit realm for years. And so... So the Lord's been showing me, and, and I'll just give some, I've been to a couple different situations with hospitals and things where people have been praying specific things. So I went into one recently. Everything was going really, really good. I mean, everything looked good. Like the person there was feeling good and they were, you know, just seemed like everything was great. It's like, seemed like let's send this person home. And then all of a sudden, a person walks in uh, and, and and the atmosphere changes. And then, let me see this. When I walked in this room, I was amazed at the power of God in the room. I was amazed. I don't know that I've ever walked into a hospital room and felt that strong of a presence of God with no one else in the room except the person who was sick. And I thought, wow, you know, the presence of God is so strong in this place. And it felt so good, right? It's like, wow, Lord, there's no way anything bad can happen. You're right here. Your presence right here. I was just worshiping God. I really didn't even feel like I needed to pray for the person or lay hands on the person or anything. It was just so, such a wonderful presence of God. And then somebody walks in the room, you know, just to do a, a routine, um, I guess to them it's routine, kind of checkup kind of thing. And they had to monitor some things. Well, the minute this person walked in the room, everything kind of was shifting and changing in the spirit realm. And I was kind of like trying to think, what, you know, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, somebody else comes in the room because some, some monitor, the monitors started going off, some things started happening. And I could feel like no presence of God in the room. So I'm thinking, what happened to change the atmosphere when these people walked in. So, of course, what would, you know, your first thought as a believer and understanding the spirit realm is maybe they're unintentionally releasing witchcraft. Maybe they're unintentionally or maybe intentionally, but something has uh, grieved the Holy Spirit presence where you can't, it was like a full blockage. So I'm, I'm, so I'm, so I just start praying and the more people are coming in the room trying to help this person. 
I was fortunate. I put a face mask on, which I really usually don't. But in hospitals these days, just out of courtesy to everybody's rules, you know, I'm wearing one, which is good because I could pray in tongues underneath the mask and they couldn't see that my mouth was moving, you know. So I'm just sitting there praying, saying, Lord, show me what to do. What do I bind? What did I take authority over? How could all this switch that quickly just because somebody walked into the room? And then the more people that walked into the room, the, the stronger was this, it was, it was like a, just a blockage of the presence of God. It didn't even feel necessarily demonic. It just felt like a total blockage of the spirit of God. So I'm sitting there, I, you know, when we walk in the things of God, does everybody pinch yourself? You're still human. The Bible actually says he, d- he put this in earthen vessels, right? He put his spirit in earthen vessels so that we know it's not of ourselves. So people who think it is of themselves, they're so delusional, they don't realize that, hey, if, if somebody pinches you, it's going to hurt. You know what I mean? And so and he says that to show us, and you can read when you read Paul in the Bible or any of them, you can really see that they know that they're humans with God living in them, okay? They know they're a new creation in Christ because now there's a human being with God in them. And so, um, and so that's kind of an interesting part of this whole Christian walk. And it's probably a part people don't participate in enough. But it's, it's kind of fun because you're like, you're in the kingdom of God because Holy Spirit lives in you and you're yielded to his kingdom and you're having his eyes to see and his ears to hear and you have the mind of Christ. You put on the armor God gives you and you literally, you literally are supposed to live every day in the spirit realm. But you're still in the flesh and you're still an ambassador here on the earth, right? So don't act so strange. But anyway, so so I, I just, I'm sitting there, or I'm standing there actually, and I'm kind of getting out of the way because by now there's like five different nurses or doctors or mainly nurses, I think, in there. And um, and the more, I, di- I couldn't tell for sure what was going on because I didn't know how to read the monitors in this, but I could tell the numbers were a lot different than they were and I heard beeping and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay. Um, so I'm asking the Lord, you know, what's going on? Because first of all, I know that I know that I have authority to, uh, bind witchcraft. So if somebody was purposely releasing witchcraft or unintentionally releasing witchcraft, then I have authority over it. And there's no way it could block the Holy Spirit. So I kind of try that. And I'm not, the Lord didn't show me to do that. I'm just kind of trying to do anything I know because I was like, what's going on? So then I know you bless those who curse you. So if somebody's really cursing this person, maybe they don't like them or something. If somebody's trying to curse this situation. So I begin to bless. I, I bless, you know, I said, Lord, bless this person, bless. Nothing. It's still just like this complete I, it's almost like a blockage of Holy Spirit. It, it's just strange. It's almost like a wall went up between um this room and the Holy Spirit. And it was so thick when I first got there. It was so thick all the way up until this commotion. And I didn't get a spirit of fear. I had peace. I'm just, I try to demonstrate to people how this works with me anyway. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Lord, what do we do? And, and I'm not confused, but I'm just, just, just really seeking the Lord for what's going on. And all the Lord told me was, I want you to stay the whole time. So I ended up staying like an hour for this after I'd already been there for a while. And um, so I'm there and I'm like, okay, Lord. Um, and the scripture that came to me was no weapon formed will prosper. And I said, well, Lord, um, 
this will not prosper. In other words, this will not be a setback. This will not do what the enemy's trying to do. But then after I prayed, I said, you know what, Lord? I want the weapon exposed. I don't know what this weapon is. What is this weapon that's coming against this situation? Because it's ridiculous. You know, there's nothing, you know, there, this should not be being prolonged. And so, and the Lord didn't tell me then, but it was a really good question to ask him. Like what, I said, Lord, I know no weapon formed is going to prosper, but I'm ready for this weapon to be exposed so it can quit uh, being, so it can quit showing up. And so, so finally things calmed down a little bit. And, and so, so I left and I wasn't confused. What happens when confusion comes? It means you open your mind up to torment. Okay. You open your mind to question God. You open your mind to question what, you know, is the healing that we saw real? What's going on? You begin, the enemy tries to get you to doubt what you know, what you know that God has really shown you. Okay. That's what, that's what brings confusion. And so whenever you're walking in confusion, you need to stop because God is not the author of confusion, right? So you need to stop and you need to just say, okay, what do I know that I know? And then you, you just say out loud to yourself or whatever. This is what I know. Lord, I know you showed me this. I know that. I know you gave me this. I know that you've done this miracle. And you can see David doing this in the, in the Psalms. You can see where he goes and says, well, Lord, you helped me overcome here and you helped me do this and you helped me do that. So you get your place back. You get yourself out of confusion and back in the spirit and into a place of faith. Well, I had faith. I, I wasn't wavering on this. I was just trying to find, you know, like, not realizing God had sent me there to see what the weapon was that was used to stop this healing from um, the healing, I believe, happened. It, it wouldn't let the medical people recognize what God had done. It would just, it would just try to reverse everything. And, um, and it only happened, only happened when people would come in to try to do a procedure. And so, and, and even, you know, some of the medical team were wondering, why is this, you know, why is this happening? Okay. So when I got in my car and I was driving home the other day, I said to the Lord, I said, what, what's going on? And just like that, the Lord said, it's suspicion has been released into the situation. So what happens when a spirit of suspicion is released? It means everybody's going to look at everything suspicious. And they're going to start thinking that person's probably doing something wrong to the machines, or that person is probably operating in witchcraft, and that person is probably doing this. And all of a sudden you start pointing fingers and blaming, and you begin to accuse people of things they're not doing. And the Lord began to show me that's a spirit. So when it's released, especially by people who have authority in the situation, it blocks or grieves the Holy Spirit. And what we do too much in the church is we continue to make accusations. We continue to point fingers. We continue and we make this thing worse. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, um, so I looked up suspicion. 
Okay, suspicious. Let me look up suspicion. Okay. Let me look up suspense, suspense, suspects. Okay, you know how they do it. All right, here's what suspicion release. It releases a belief that someone's guilty, that someone's false, that someone's counterfeit, that someone's defective and bad. It causes doubt and mistrust. It causes people to mistrust the doctors, to mistrust the nurses. And how many know that we've had enough happening in our nation, in our medical community, that there's been a whole lot of mistrust and doubt released, right? And so that's operating in our hospitals now, just that whole spirit of suspicion. And, and what I was feeling was that operating of that spirit of suspicion. Another thing it says is to believe to know what is the probable cause of something. To think you have a hint or foreknowledge of something. Now, when people move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, many times they'll call it discernment. Well, when you call something discernment that's coming from the wrong spirit, you're actually giving it a lot of authority for the enemy, for, for demonic spirits to cause accusation and suspicion. So what happens if there's accusation and suspicion and let's see it's pointed at the nurses or the doctors or the teacher or the, you know, the police or wherever? What happens is your prayers for them to have wisdom from God don't happen. It pretty much tells God you're not invited into this. So when the Lord started showing me this, he said, people who've been praying for this person, and it could be some of us, it could be uh, the, the best friends of or the, the husband of this person, whatever, that released the spirit. And then more people who came in agreement with the rumors and the talk and the gossip and the, they think this, and then even the news reports you see. Does everybody get what I'm saying? It literally caused that when anyone walked in that room to do a procedure, the presence of God lost his authority because someone in authority, people in authority or people that were invited into the situation had begun to operate in suspicion. Does, does everybody see how bad this is? This could literally stop, this could literally stop somebody's miracle. This could prolong things. This could, this could, this, how much know, how many know this was released so much uh, through the last few years? And so, you know, when the Lord showed me this, and, and one thing, you know, in Matthew 12, 22, you look at Jesus, and it says, Matthew 12, 18, and this is in the Passion Translation. Oh, this is so funny, you guys. I didn't know this because we're doing the justice thing for the intercession we're doing in a little bit. And this scripture talks about that. And I didn't know that when I turned to this. Isn't that cool? God is so cool. Yay. I love seeing God's supernatural fingerprint on everything. Okay. So the Lord goes into the synagogue, Matthew 12, 10. He encountered a man who had a paralyzed hand, a withered hand, and a fault-finding Pharisee asked Jesus, is it permissible to perform a work of healing on the Sabbath when no one is supposed to work? They only asked him this question because they hoped to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. He answered them, If any of you had a lamb that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you reach out your hand and lift it out? 
But, and isn't a man, a human, much more valuable than a lamb? So of course it's always proper to do miracles, even on the Sabbath. Then he turned to the man and said, hold out your hand. As he stretched it out, it was restored exactly like the other. Immediately the Pharisees went out and started to scheme about what, how they would do away with him. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he left by another way. Let me tell you this. Part of discernment is what you see Jesus walking in here. He, he actually knew their thoughts. But you don't want to take suspicion and think you know what someone's thinking. And, and sometimes we have to learn to cast down imaginations, right? And I'll tell my, one of my stories when John and I were first, you know, married. We weren't married that long. And John doesn't talk a whole lot. Like, he's really not a talker. And he's polite and nice. And, you know, he has a good conversation. But he's, he's not a big talking person. So it used to hurt my feelings when we were, when we were married before I understood all this. And, and so he wouldn't say something. And, and I would be, by the time I'd end up walking down the hall, after I said hi to him or try to start a conversation, I mean, the enemy was giving me all these thoughts. Like I knew his thoughts. It was like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want to talk to me. Uh, and on and on. And finally the Lord stops and he goes, that's not what he's thinking about at all. He really loves you. He's thinking about this thing at work tomorrow. And so I'm, the Lord's giving me his thoughts. And the Lord's showing me his thoughts are good thoughts. You know what I'm saying? And it just broke the power of this thing stirring up in me that he just doesn't love me. Not that any of you ever do any of this. But just in case you know somebody who might, you need to cast down imaginations. You need to ask somebody and hear what they have to say and not just have suspicion because that's what that is. That's false discernment. I'm sus I suspect he doesn't want to be married to me. I here, here we are 42 years. That's probably about three years into our marriage. And now we've been married 42 years. But the enemy tries to work it up into a big deal and a big fight. See, that's how that spirit tries to operate. That spirit wants you to be suspicious of what is that person doing? And what are they saying? And what are they doing? Then you get gossip going to get all that mess going, right? All right. So it says here, Jesus says, so Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he left a different way. Now, how many know Jesus knows he is perfect. He walks in a perfect place of wholeness with God, right? He and God are one for sure. And so he is so led by the spirit. It says massive crowds followed him from there and he healed all who were sick. How, how many are waiting for the day when those who are following Jesus, they all get healed. They all get healed. However, he sternly warned them not to tell others or disclose his identity in order to, here we go, in order to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Take a careful look at my servant, my chosen one. This is from the prophecy. I love him dearly. I find all my delight in him. I will breathe my spirit upon him and he will decree justice to the nations. So I want everyone to understand Jesus wants justice to come to the nations he wants justice. He wants what's right in the eyes of God to happen in our nations. All right. He will not, now Jesus, he will not quarrel or be found yelling in public. He won't brush aside the bruised and broken. He will be gentle with the weak and feeble until his victory releases justice. So God's victory is going to release justice. So as we overcome even suspicion ourselves, even some of the things when we pray tonight, when we all, when we overcome, mm, this was really good. I didn't know we were going to tie this together with tonight. God, so cool. Okay. I need some of you to really listen to this. Some of you have lived 
suspecting things and afraid of things and projecting things on people and on people group and on this and on that. And all of that suspicion will block justice from coming. God does not operate in suspicion. That's why when all this stuff happened and people believed Q or whatever they believed and all the, there was fake news everywhere, okay? Fake news on the left and fake news on the right and fake news from the church and fake news from the peanut gallery and everywhere else. God does not operate in that. It releases suspicion. It releases rumors. It releases gossip. But there is a real in God. There really is a real. And if you've been around here in prayer meetings, you've watched. You've watched God release the truth, and you've watched it happen. Like, boom, boom, boom. How cool is God? And so tonight, I believe when we pray for justice, we're going to be amazed. But I really want you to get suspicion out of your hearts because it puts a wall between you and, and really being led by the Holy Spirit. So you need to repent of ever being suspicious. What's suspicious? You thinking based on what somebody tells you or what you think you see, or if you get hyper-spiritual, something you feel in the spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit showing you, okay? True discernment can only come from the Holy Spirit showing you. And we're not going to teach on discernment tonight, but it's a gift of the spirit so you know what's operating. And when people are born into generational curses of suspicion and generational curses of false spirituality and all the stuff we have to break off of our past. Sometimes when they open up to the spirit realm, they'll start to operate, but their gifts are not pure. And all of a sudden now they're scared of everything or suspicious. Suspicion always comes from fear that's sometimes based on jealousy, that's sometimes based on feeling like um, you're going to be rejected or you're not good enough. You're always trying to prove something with suspicion. So God wants to heal all that. He wants to set people free from that. He wants us to put down our defenses and let him be our defense. He's, a, he's, our, defen he's our advocate, okay? He's our advocate. We have to quit trying to be our own advocates. All right. It says, um, and it goes on in Isaiah, and it says, in the fame of his name will be birth, will birth hope among the people. Then a man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him both blind and unable to speak. Jesus healed him instantly. He could see and talk again. The crowds went wild with amazement as they witnessed the miracle, and they kept saying to one another, could this man be the Messiah? But when the Pharisees overheard what the people were saying about the miracle, they said, he cast out demons by the power of Satan, the prince of demons. Are they moving in discernment? They're moving in, they're moving in suspicion based on jealousy. And the Pharisee spirit is a legalistic spirit that takes God's word and knows God's word, but puts rules and all on it that actually causes his word to bring death and not life. And God's been dealing with some of the Pharisee things I've been thinking that I didn't realize. I've really been through it, you guys. Y'all have no idea what God has been doing. And I love it. I love it when God deals with me. I love it when he shows me where I missed it. I love it because I know I'm being changed into his likeness and his image from glory to glory. And I know that if I don't yield to him as a father who's going to bring correction, 
then I will not be corrected where I need to be corrected. And the church is in a gigantic mess because of that, right? And the enemy attacks fathers and attacks children and attacks mother. He attacks the whole family unit to make us those who will not receive correction. And I did a whole thing on authority. I think, I don't even know, was that Sunday? I think maybe Sunday. But we have to trust God. And so here Jesus says, and these jealous people, these Pharisees, these legalistic, I know the word. So when you see Pharisee, think as a, of a religious spirit that knows the word of God that's now touching, uh, ch- they're exchanging discernment for suspicion. And they don't know the difference. They actually think they're right. I mean, we need a whole conference just to help people get cleansed up. We're going to be having some cleansing conferences coming up. All right. So Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. So he had discernment. He was discerning their thoughts and their motives. So he confronted them by telling them this parable. Any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins. Any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. A house divided can't stand. Okay, so suspicion, jealousy, this legalistic Pharisee spirit are all used by the enemy to destroy families, to destroy nations, to destroy churches. Why? Because it takes away the unity. You could almost know that there's probably not been too many divorces that these spirits didn't operate in. or churches that fell apart, or what's happening in our nation right now. All right. Jesus goes on. If Satan cast out Satan, he's making war on himself. How then could his kingdom survive? So if Satan empowers me to cast out demons, this would be Jesus speaking in the, trans, the Passion Translation, who empowers the exorcist to cast them out? Go ask them. For what they do proves you're wrong in your accusations. He says, but on the other hand, if I drive out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. And he goes on to talk about going into a strong man's house and tearing it down. We're not going to get into all that. I just wanted you to see how tied in suspicion and accusations and how destructive it is. So when I came out of this hospital, I called... um, um, someone else who was close to this family. And at first, I just wanted to say, we've got to pray against whatever's going on in there. But I would have empowered that thing had I begun to think it was the medical people doing something. Okay, how, you say, well, how do you know it wasn't the medical people doing something? How do you know they weren't operating in witchcraft or they weren't operating in, there's all kinds of new age stuff and all now, right? This stuff is everywhere. It's in your schools. It's, it's everywhere. Well, here's how you know. Because when I was in that room, I took authority over those things and it didn't stop. And I just know that I know there's nobody powerful enough in witchcraft to be stronger than the Holy Spirit. I know whatever I bind is bound on the earth. But if I'm binding this thing and it's not bound, it's because it's not what's being bound. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm there going, wait a minute, Lord, it can't be witchcraft. So that makes that a accusation or a, um, what's the word? Um, suspicion. 
People get free from this. You are setting yourselves up for some really bad things when you operate as suspicion and then you release that as fact and then you start getting other people drawn into it and stay away from that kind of uh, uh, programming. Stay away from people who do that and just really, what you know, you know. What you don't know, you don't know. What God shows you, he proves to you. Okay, what he shows me, he proves to me. When the Lord tells me something about someone, I'm like, well, Lord, you're going to have to prove that. I tell him, you need to prove that. And so all of a sudden that person will get up and show all this mess in their life and their whole facade of how spiritual they are falls apart. I'm like, okay, Lord, you, that was you. That was you who showed me that. Instead of, well, everything changed when they walked in. Well, you don't know why everything changed when they walked in. So when the Lord showed me that what happened, and I think, I think we better wake up to this, you guys. I think this is why some of you cannot get some victories, those who are watching, those who are going to be watching. When I release suspicion, I empower a demonic force to be in charge instead of the Holy Spirit. So whoever empowered that suspicious spirit in that room, and I know there were people doing it. I had heard different people praying into this and some things they said unintentionally. And, but I wasn't there, so I couldn't discern. I wasn't there to know. Maybe they're, maybe they're seeing this right. But when God sent me there and had me there and had me go through the whole thing that was happening, I really realized I almost misjudged it. And like I said, the reason I knew it wasn't was because I did what you're supposed to do in spiritual warfare. I blessed them. And it didn't change anything. I broke the power of any witchcraft and nothing changed. I took authority over anything that he meant to and nothing changed. And the only scripture God gave me was no weapon formed to prosper. And then that's when I said, okay, but this weapon that's formed is not prospering, but it keeps being formed. And then that caused me to ask, seek and knock. Lord, what is this weapon? There's no sense to keep praying the same thing if it's not working. It's because if you're missing it, if you're missing the whole thing, if these people have nothing to do with what's going on, do you understand what I'm saying? If the doctors really don't have anything to do with it, if the teacher really doesn't have anything to do with it, if the police really have nothing to do with it, if it's really not on that politician or this politician, do you get what I'm saying? Then you think God's going to intervene because you keep praying it? No, but you can grieve the Holy Spirit and you can actually miss what is really going on. So true discernment is asking, what is going on, God? Show me. Not in fear, not in a panic, knowing what you know. You know, Lord, your presence was here. I know this person is going to be fine. So I'm not praying out of some fear, but the enemy tries to bring fear because all of a sudden it looks like the enemy's winning. And then you start praying out of fear and desperation instead of get before the Lord and say, what is going on, God? And then he'll tell you if you have ears to hear. And so, um, you know, shared it with people who were involved. And I really believe things are, I, I know we got to it. You cannot keep doing this. You cannot release suspicion. Well, I think it's them. Well, I don't know about that person. Well, this person's that. We need to really mature and get real discernment. And we need to have the Lord show us that we're right. Not just tell people because we think it. You'll be amazed when you begin to ask the Lord, well, Lord, if, if you're showing me that about that person, first, if he shows it to me, it's to help them. 
but it was shown us by the fruit. And all of a sudden you see that person screaming and yelling and acting crazy. Well, that's not love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, and patience. That's rage, hatred, and crazy person. And then you know, okay, my discernment was right. There's something operating there that's not the Holy Spirit. We're, we're living in a day where we're going to have to really mature in the gifts of the Spirit. And we're really going to have to get healed and set free from accusations. We've got to get healed and set free from jealousy. We've got to get healed and set free from bitterness that defiles. You know, jealousy, these things defile many. These, and we have to break the power of this stuff. I, you know, as we're moving into an apostolic place, as the church is going there, the entire body of Christ is going to be going to this direction. Wow, what a mess. <laughs> you know, with all this stuff operating, I say, Lord, how are you going to do this? And he smiles. He knows how he's going to do it. He's going to have his bride without spot or blemish. And his, his word is going to come and begin to convict the hearts of people and set people free. And there's going to come power to set people free. But he wants us free. You have to be free. You have to want to be free. And you have to quit doing what he says not to do. Quit confusing suspicion with discernment. And maybe say, well, I never said I had discernment. Well, then quit talking about things as if you know things you don't know. That's just gossip then, which is witchcraft. Just pray and say, Lord, show me, teach me. What's, you know, so anyway. So Ooh, I feel the presence of God. Lord, we just come before you. Father, we just come before you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for piercing our heart, just piercing our hearts, divide our soul and our spirit right now with your word. And Lord, show anyone if they've been part of the accuser, if they've been part of releasing suspicion, if they've been part of making people question somebody else or wonder about somebody else. And Lord, all based on a feeling they have. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. If you want him to forgive you, you kind of need to tell him. Lord, set us free from every bit of suspicion. Heal us from every jealousy. Heal us from every accusation or ac accusing spirit. And Lord, those who know you right now, who come in agreement is touching, Lord, in any place that we know of someone believing for a miracle. We come in agreement to cancel the assignment of suspicion. Oh, we come in agreement to break the power of its hold and we speak blessing, sincere blessing. We speak the wisdom of God over those who have to make decisions about the lives of our loved ones, about our lives, Lord, about the lives of their employees, Lord. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that we would have your wisdom released so that we could do the things you would have done. And Father, we release right now in the name of Jesus wisdom to nurses and doctors and teachers and principals and policemen and firemen. We just release wisdom over these people, over our politicians, Lord. Oh my gosh, do they need some wisdom? Lord, we release your wisdom. Father, that your wisdom would go forth. How? To everyone who calls on your name who has a spirit of influence. And Father, we break the power of suspicion that's been released instead of wisdom. 
We break it off now in the name of Jesus. We break it off now. We break it off of our politicians, Lord God, especially those who bow their knee to you, those who know you. And Lord, even the others, we pray, God, that there would be a breakthrough for them to come to know you. Lord, you can take the king's heart and you control it, even if he doesn't know you. So that's the authority you walk in. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you pray into these situations, whether it's about a teacher, a principal, um, whatever, whatever person of influence that you really don't seem to have a way to get into a different situation, you need to pray in faith and you need to bless them, sincerely bless them, not just with your mouth as a formula. Lord, show me how to bless them. Show me how to encourage them. Pray, Lord, heal any hurt place in them. Lord, open their hearts, soften their hearts to know you. God, thank you for the schooling they went through and whatever they went through to get in that position. And God, I ask that you get authority in that position and not the enemy. And forgive me for releasing any kind of demonic spirit into that situation and thinking I was doing so. What good does that do anybody? What good does it do? All you do is release a bunch of confusion. That's why you pray for those. You bless them. You get into the kingdom and you do things the way God did things. You forgive people. And God is going to cleanse his church. And I want to be, I want to be in that, um, I want to be in that cleansing flow, right? I really seriously mean this. I don't want the enemy to be able to use this stuff against me or my family or against this church or against my finances or against anything. I want it out of my heart. Satan can only attack you with what's in you. Except in the area of persecution for righteousness sake. Any other problem you have, the problem is in you. And God wants you, isn't that good? You don't have to change anybody else. You just have to go to God and let him change you. Oh, you could quit releasing witchcraft at everybody trying to change them. Say, so Lord, change my heart. Lord, set me free. Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, forgive me. I mean, I've been asking certain people to forgive me for things I, I wasn't understanding right recently. There is a special grace given to apostles, a special grace given to prophets, a special grace given to teachers, a special grace given to evangelists and who do, pastors. There's a special grace on all of those. And the Lord showed me recently, he said, Cindy, you overcorrected from the covering doctrine, which basically says they're the ones who have a connection with God and you're just supposed to hear God through them. And the Lord said, you overcorrected. Most spirit of error comes from overcorrection. Because God shows you that's, that's unscriptural what they're doing. The way they're doing it is controlling. The way they're doing it is unscriptural. And it is. But then you kind of throw out the whole thing. And then you want everybody to hear God the way you do. And you want everybody to walk in God the way you do. And you want everybody to have the grace that you have. And Lord showed me. He said, you try to put that on people and they don't have that grace. They don't have that grace. And then you try to get them to say things after you that's not in their hearts to say. And there's no power on it. Because they're not you. They're not, they don't have the calling you have. 
And he just showed me some things. I was like, oh, Lord, help me. So where that's hurt anybody, forgive me. You're still supposed to train up people and teach them and connect them to the headship of Christ and help them to grow and mature into he has for them to be. And then they'll have the grace they need for their gifting. And then their faith will grow according to their walk with the Lord. If they draw near to him, he will draw near to them. If they don't, he won't. If they have hang-ups and they have areas of, of rebellion and they won't deal with things, that's between them and God. But he showed me when I chose to make everyone in my thinking kind of walking in the same grace, then where I could have more impact in some people's lives, in, the, in prayers, because I have, I have the faith. I really have faith. But then I put it on them, and they don't have that faith. And the Lord's like, they don't need that faith if I gave you the faith and I told you to pray for it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like because I overcorrect it on how this works, so I don't want anybody looking to man. You're not supposed to look to man. You're supposed to look to Jesus and we're supposed to help to connect you in that relationship to the headship of Jesus Christ as you grow and mature until we all come into the fullness of Christ. That's what it says in Ephesians, right? But when I don't recognize that there is a special grace until that time comes and then, then I want you to walk where you're not walking yet, that's asking you to do something that's impossible. But if God gives me the grace for it or he gives me the word for it, or he gives me the revelation for it, then my own thinking canceled out that authority and power he's given me being released. Unless that person believed just like I did. Does that make sense? And the Lord started showing me all these places I've done that. I'm like, oh, you know, when they say you're your own worst enemy, it's kind of true. Because when you overcorrect, and I was asking the Lord, why, why did I overcorrect this? And then he showed me even when I was looking at this today. Because I was defending myself against accusations. I, I was using scripture to defend myself against accusations. And the Lord's like, you don't need to defend yourself. I'll defend you. You don't need to find a scripture and say, see, here it is. If they want to know, let them go find the scripture. If they want to know why he chose to anoint a woman to preach and teach to men and women, then let them go figure it out. The Lord said, you, you, took, you took my word and my revelations, but when you use it to try to defend yourself against accusations, God doesn't defend himself against accusations. Remember Jesus here? He's God. He's the word. He could have done, he could have zip-zoed scriptures around them and cartwheeled scriptures around them and he could have made them look like fools in two seconds and he just shut up. The Lord's like, Cindy, you can just shut up. You don't need to use my word to defend what I've given you to do. So I repented of it. And we all need to get to that place. 
That doesn't mean you live outside of the word. It means you live in the word and you let him give you revelation and you see what he shows you. There's just a lot that God's going to be doing, guys. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. I think if we had to say, what is the season we're in? We're in the season of the great shaking, but we're also in the season of the great cleansing. We're in the season of being torn down and being built up at the same time. It's an awesome season. It's a wonderful season. It's where everything he's promised you, you're going to begin to understand what he's doing in you to get you to that promise. And it's not going to be for your defense and it's not going to be for your glory because once you see who he is and what he's doing, you will recognize you don't want to touch his glory. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. There's, there's no more freedom. There's no more freedom than, than just letting go of everything and trusting God. There's no more freedom. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's so good. And his power is so real and his love is so deep. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Isn't that amazing? Nothing. Nothing can separate you from, even the worst politician is not separated from the love of God. How amazing is that? And yet the church, we try to separate anybody from the love of God if they don't think like we think. Even if we think right. So Father, I thank you for this anointing in this place to wash us clean, to heal us, to set us free, and Father, for everyone to just enjoy their walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.